Hi everyone, welcome to D4Data channel podcast on the topic ESG due diligence. I'm your host Deepak. With me we have Ms. Anna Lucy. Ms. Anna is a sustainability expert with immense experience in environmental and climate domain. So she's been heading a lot of ESG committees and teams in both academic as well as in industry sector. I'm really happy to have Ms. Anna with here with us today. Here and uh, welcome to this podcast, Ms. Anna. Thank you so much for the invitation to be back. It's a pleasure. Great, great to hear. So I have a couple of questions to you today, and uh, starting with this one. So, is ESG a concern to a company's competitiveness, and uh, have you witnessed any instances about it? So for sure, it is a concern. I would just say that right now, at least from my perspective here in Brazil and also analyzing global trends, it's still much more a concern than an effective result. And why I say that? Because as long as we know that we have new stakeholders uh, to understand their impacts on companies, we are still discussing effectively which are the results. So what I mean by that? Of course, that companies in Brazil and worldwide are worried or concerned about environmental and social principles, directives, this ESG uh, new tool that we have in order to enrich decisions, especially corporate decisions. But we are talking, we are discussing, we are trying to understand how it really impacts business. We don't have yet, at least, financial confirmation that companies that are already following the ESG principles and directives uh, have better financial results. We we already have some results on that for ESG investing, but not on the side of ESG integration, at least from what I have here, what I have seen and what I have been studying. Okay. Okay, got it. So over to the next question, like, uh, so each companies and each rating agencies assess the ESG topics in a very different manner. So why isn't there a unified global ESG approach till now? What I understand is that we are in a journey here. When we talk about ESG, it's an evolution of the sustainability concept that we had, or even the social corporate responsibility that we have even before sustainability was topic discussed and while we are in this journey we are learning what to call ESG I have a joke here in Brazil that I say that ESG can be whatever we want whenever we want with whom we want because there's no definition for that so when you look at corporate governance environmental and social directives they are directives to enrich the decision process of companies but How can I label ESG? Which decisions are ESG grounded or not? ESG backed or not? And this goes for the ESG integration when we talk about the business itself to incorporate environmental and social variables. But this also goes for the ESG investing. So as we are learning, uh, we don't have a global rule to define what is ESG. And then we have each of the... (laughs) score companies, rating companies, ranking companies, defining ESG on their own grounds. So no global definition till now. We for sure are having news. Yesterday we had the publication of the International Sustainability Standards Board draft 
for a global standard for climate and sustainability matters. But this is just the first step. We don't have global definitions right now because this is a new concept, although an evolution of some parts of the concepts that we were used to, corporate social responsibility, sustainability, it's a new package, I would say. We have to understand how to apply it, especially because we have a new context, a new world. We understand things different, both the pandemic, while we are living the pandemic, I would say, and this is still to be translated into the business world. Okay, okay, cool. So my next question, like, uh, so do you believe that ESG principles must be imposed on a company? That's a very good question, Deepak. Um, my opinion is that, as right now, we are in this journey and we can define ESG the whatever way we want. Yes, I do believe that we need regulations on ESG. And these regulations, they will be much more directed to reporting and disclosure. And why is that? Because regulations for the E, environmental matters, and for social matters, uh, even human capital or social capital here, we already have. Each, each country has its own regulations for that, and also for corporate governance. But then when we unify these concepts and need to apply them on businesses for the ESG integration and also for the ESG investing, we need to evolve, we need to do it in at least a standardized way. So first of all, this needs to be regulated. We need a standard regulated. The second step is this regulation needs to be imposed. And why is that? Because when we discuss ESG directives, we are talking about being clear and transparent on risks and opportunities from environmental matters and social matters. Corporate governance is the ground for the discussion. So we need to have a structure, corporate governance in place in order to start discussions from the E and from the S. But then I need a regulation and it needs to be imposed because the information disclosed to the market. And by that, I mean, I mean to consumers and to investors. I am looking at all stakeholders here they need to be really, they need to have integrity. That's the point. If it's not regulated and if it's not imposed, it leaves where we are right now. Anyone defines what is ESG and label its own fund, its investment option, or a business can also label itself ESG friendly to the earth or to people. And in fact, we are uh, disclosing information that cannot be checked. And this could be misleading information. So yes, I understand we need regulation and yes, it needs to be imposed. There is a discussion there, just one more point to close this question, regarding the costs. Because everyone we discuss yesterday, well, it's a cost. Again, we need investments and this is much more than we need. The point is, there is an implicit cost that we already have and that has been socialized. Once we have businesses that do not integrate the environmental and social variables, it means that they are not really incorporating the externalities they generate to the environmental to society. Uh, this is exactly the same thing that happens when we have an ESG fund, a kind of investment, an impact fund that is directed to the environment. 
but then you don't have clear information on that. So there are already costs that are externalized, but not internalized. So bottom line, financial reports do not have these lines that they should have. We have to put in the balance the costs that we already have and that are not managed with the costs to really integrating ESG and disclosing clear, transparent, and integrity data to the market. Okay, okay. That's that's actually a very valid point which you actually mentioned because more and more companies are actually trying to kind of, uh, what to say, just try to follow without purely trying to understand what exactly is the root cause. So my next question on, uh, so do you feel market share has increased significantly as a result of sustainable investment funding? And do you think that this is the future of uh, investment? When we talk about ESG investing, so having the flow of capital in my translation directed to uh, investments that will have environmental and social impacts, positive impacts, of course, uh, it's a new world. We know that there is a lot of money that can be channeled for that purpose. It's a new way of doing business. And we can face the ESG investing as really the future of investments, no doubt on that. But for that, we need to be sure that the externalities are being integrated by businesses. That's why I mean that we have this segregation ESG investing and ESG integration in business. Because when we channel the money for impact, we need to be sure that that business will be doing that with that specific money, but it has also integrated the environmental and social variable on it. So they are really dependent here. Um, as for several discussions we are having worldwide, and of course uh, here in Brazil as well, we have money to do that. And we know that the flow of money through capital markets, that's the main here, but also through the financial market is of the essence to ensure that we drive the development of the world, of the economy, the global economy now for the transition to low carbon bioeconomy and circular economy. I have a joke that I have been discussing the incorporation of the environmental variable for 22 years exactly here in Brazil, because I always believed that if regulation uh, is not enforced, so it has very few effects, at least here when it comes to environmental, the flow of capital is of the essence to ensure that the integration of environmental matters take place. So ESG investment, yes, is the future of investment. I have no doubt on that. And in my opinion, it is the real trigger to drive the economy to transition to the low carbon economy. Okay, okay. That, that, that actually covers a lot of points regarding uh, the ESG investment. So uh, my next question is on greenwashing. So could you shed some light on greenwashing and its effect and how it can be detected when doing ESG due diligence? Um, as we are now, right now in the journey, we are still learning what is ESG, how can we label businesses and investments as ESG, and anyone can define what is ESG. The point is, when I decide what is ESG, I will have a conflict of interest because I am deciding it towards my own interests. 
and then I can do it for my business and my competitor can do it for his business as well as fund managers can do it for their own investments. Anyone decides how to qualify a business or investment as ESG investment and business, then we can have the greenwashing or even the rainbow washing, which is the one related to the SDGs from the UN. We have all the colors there. So greenwashing is the fact of disclosing reporting data, qualify it as environmental and social positive, but that they are not. So misleading information disclosed to the market. And why is it misleading? Or why does it lack integrity? Because I have defined it according to my own wishes. I don't have a global standard. And then we revert to the first questions, okay? We need a standard in order to prevent greenwashing. When we started, when we had the boom of ESG here in Brazil, uh, it's a funny fact. That's why I'm raising it. It was about April 2020. The pandemic had hit us here on March 2020. And then I started seeing the discussions and all companies were by that time, oh, we are discussing ESG. We have now a net zero plan and blah, blah, blah. And also social uh, positive impacts. And I started thinking, okay, so now it's all set. All the issues that we had on environmental and social aspects have been superseded. How come in some months we have realized that now we are ESG labeled companies, here labeled investments? And why is that? Because we can qualify whatever we want, however we want as ESG. So greenwashing was one of my first concerns. As I have a regulation <laughs> in my experience here for 22 years, and I know that environmental regulation and also social regulation, at least here in Brazil, lacks enforcement. There's no way to say that, oh, now everything is set and we can discuss the best practice, such as climate change, as it's not regulated yet. So it is a concern and it is a reality. Right after that, we had several uh, securities authorities all over the globe discussing the quality of data disclosed to markets. So greenwashing is a reality, rainbow washing is a reality, and we can only prevent them from happening if we have standards that are applicable and are imposed by each of the countries. Okay, okay, correct. So uh, I have a couple of uh, discussion points here. So uh, my next point is that so climate and net zero is kind of one of the most important concern or topic actually in this I think in this 2022 and uh, so especially on decarbonization and uh, GHG re reduction or GHG emission reducing GHG emission and net zero every company is actually coming coming up with a plan of net zero so how is it actually impacting and is it really the trend of ESG at this point? For sure. I would say it's the hot topic within the ESG context here in Brazil and, of course, worldwide. Um, this was the first also topic uh, discussed on greenwashing uh, worldwide because we had several disclosures and several commitments made by companies right in the beginning of 2020 regarding climate. 
I would say that right now it's so easy to discuss climate change and talk about the COPs, for instance. But before 2020, nobody knew what was a COP or what was climate change, or even that those were topics that were not discussed by people that understood business, right? These were just by tree huggers. So right now we have another scenario. We have several companies with uh, climate pledges and it was very good to see that right in the beginning, investors became concerned on these net zero pledges because companies were committing to them, but there were no transition plans. In fact, still there aren't from several companies, but this is being worked now and society and even consumers, we are very relevant stakeholders, I would say, in this ESG context. We are pressuring companies, investors are pressuring companies in order to detail how they will, in fact, comply with the commitments, commitments they have uh, on climate zero, net zero, and on this topic. So it is the hot topic, but it has also uh, blurred the ESG discussions. I, dis I have been talking here about the carbon tunnel vision. We had Milton Friedman's tunnel vision for <laughs> corporations. They, are, they only exist to generate value to shareholders. That was another discussion. But right now, what we have is ESG has a carbon tunnel vision as well, because people discuss ESG as if it was restricted or only encompassing climate change. Of course, this is the most relevant one, but there are several other topics encompassed within the E and within the S that need to be understood and managed collectively because they are interdependent with climate change. Okay, okay, that's fair. So, uh, so my next next point actually, like uh, right now, the government bodies or even the corporate uh, NGOs, everyone is kind of actually moving towards uh, like they they want ESG to actually like they want to understand ESG more, and even they are actually training more and more leaders on this particular space, and even so much pressure towards the government bodies and uh, corporate leaders to actually bring up or kind of mitigate this uh, ESG risk particular platform. So uh, will it increase a chance of kind of beating up the ESG risk assessment, which any companies are actually doing on a, another particular company? Will, will there be a chance like that, actually? I do believe in that, Deepak. And why is that? I had been working with environmental roles here in Brazil for 15 years. And I was quite frustrated by 2015 because I could not see the results of the rules. There was no enforcement. They were not effective. And why was that? Because at least in my experience, the leaders, they were taking the decisions based on a very high risk appetite on environmental and social roles because that was the way businesses worked here and also worldwide. And why was that? Because they were just restricted to short-time decisions, short-time financial results. And I started wondering who were the responsibles to look for businesses and understand about how businesses would survive in the mid and long term. 
And then I got to the corporate governance structures. I got to the boards. I got really to the partners, to the investors, to understand that they had the directions to uh, impose on executives uh, to incorporate the environmental and social goal, or environmental and social directives here within this ESG context. We need leadership on board to understand that environmental and social risks were really relevant for the mid and long term, and that if they were not incorporated into businesses' strategy, company would not survive. That was really the trigger for me. So when we discuss now ESG skill boards and also leadership, C-level, for instance, for me, it's of the essence. There is a point that we need to make. None of us were educated on environmental and social matters, not even at school, not even in colleges and universities. So we have leaders that were educated to produce financial resorts in short periods. And that was how the world worked. No problem with that. The point is business as usual does not, does not match our current world. We have understood that if natural capital fades, if environmental externalities are of such a relevance that we can't manage, if we don't have breathable air, there will be no workforce, such as in the pandemic, ready to work and to produce results. We, understand, we understood that businesses are integrated with an environment and that all businesses professionals are humans. So within all these connections, we need leadership to update their knowledge, to understand the relevance to incorporate environmental and social variables within strategic planning in order also to update the risk management system. So corporate risk management, we were used to do that with the backward looking, but for environmental and social matters, the backward looking does not apply. We need to look for the future and then understand the scenarios, the stress scenarios, and then translate it in the environmental risk management systems. That's the point. It's a learning curve. We need leadership to be open and understand the relevance. So boards are of the essence, C-levels are of the essence. The, the tone has to come from the top. That is my understanding. Cool. So, so my next point is actually based on that in that similar line. So when if you try to impose new regulations and reporting standards, and if you are trying to follow that, like, do you think like, will it gonna make that difference in the CSG space? For sure. I do believe on that. Regulation will not resolve the issues that we have on environmental and social matters worldwide, but it is of the essence. It is the first and foremost step that we need uh, to take here. If we don't have regulation, it is uh, our Kevin status. Anyone can define ESG at its own wishes, whatever we decide. So we need regulation, but it will not work. It needs to be enforced. It needs to be effective in order to equalize the grounds, I would say, to have uh, directions for the whole business world in order to transition to low carbon. But again, we need the leadership to understand their relevance. So regulation is a very strong and needed 
driver here, but it's not the only one. Then it comes also investors, which are very relevant stakeholders here, consumers as well. And of course, that if we think globally, the uh, trade uh, rules are also very important. So there are several triggers here in order to make ESG efficient, in order for us to understand that we need to evolve in capitalism and incorporate environmental and social variables. Okay, all right. So over to the next point, and uh, it's mainly on the ESG scoring perspective, actually. And uh, like right now, like a lot of uh, artificial intelligence platforms and other technology is actually being aid or it's, it's being the support aid for most of these ESG platforms currently. So how do you look into this and like how, how effective is it actually being utilizing these kind of technologies in the space? Um. My opinion, they are of the essence here. We need technology in order to enhance quality of data. When we talk about greenwashing and rainbowwashing, it's because we can define which kind of information we will include in each of the letters. When we have technology backing the data, it is much easier to confirm the integrity of the data. It's much easier to access data which is a, a very weak point that we have, especially regarding environmental matters and also social matters. But we need data to be gathered. So technology is of the essence. And the next step is technology is able to make the check on integrity that we can do right now. We have seen several news on well, artificial intelligence confirming or indicating misleading information on ESG discussions. So this is marvelous. This is the way to go also because technology in general and especially artificial intelligence, they will support the solutions for the risks that we are now learning regarding environmental and social matters, risks that were not incorporated into the enterprise risk management system. Okay. Okay. Got it. So, uh, so next point is on the transfers, transparency and uh, ESG integration. So more and more companies or rating agencies started revealing what they are actually doing, especially because that was more kind of like a black box earlier, but now people started stepping out or like they are kind of revealing what exactly they are doing. So is it gonna be a positive impact for the ESG due diligence space on what all the people should be able to kind of understand, okay, is this kind of like the standard and come up with a collective kind of a workflow for this ESG? For sure. Once we have established a standard and this standard is applied, we will have much more clear and integrated data in order to make our own judgment for the decision that we need to take, be it an investment, be it to a, a company that is being labeled as ESG. So we need the standardized information because it needs to be trustful, comparable, reliable, and have integrity. That's for sure. When we talk about scores, um, ratings, and rankings, then I would say that we really need, returning to the first question, artificial intelligence to be put in place because right now, uh, each scoring agents, rating agents, ranking agents is using its own 
uh, baselines to define what is ESG. That's why we have so many conflicting results and conflicting information. In fact, I just saw a paper that was published by the um, international bank that gives the directions for the, all these central banks on ESG scoring. And uh, just mentioned, it's a very robust paper, and it mentions that we need to deconstruct ESG scores. And I would say, translating that, it tells that scores are not to be trusted. We need to do our own due diligence. Okay, okay, that answers the question. So, uh, over to the newer areas of focus for ESG, like, uh, do you think that there'll be new topics and themes emerging in this particular space? Yeah, I don't know if new topics and themes, because well, when we talk about the E and the S, the matters encompassed by them are matters that we have known forever, that are known new issues to be discussed. We are talking about natural capital. We are talking about negative externalities, environmental ones. We are talking about social and human capital. So we know the themes. The point is we were not aware of all the risks, or at least we were aware, but the risks were not included in the risk matrices. Now they are being included. So what is would be new, in my opinion, the solutions, because we will have a huge list of risks that have never been discussed, that have never been managed. Right now, they will just appear in the risk matrix. And then we have to work on the next step, which is let's find a solution. It's a very bad situation. Lots of new risks to be treated here, to be managed. But then we need solutions. And for that solutions, we need technology. So, so we will have new themes for solutions. We talked about ESG investing which is a way to drive the flow of capital in order to develop new solutions. But I do believe that, especially regarding green technology, then we'll have new themes and we will need really uh, to drive efforts and capital in order to solve our risk matrix and ensure that the planet and all the businesses will continue existing together with humanity um, in the long run. Okay, okay. So my last uh, question for the day, and uh, it's, it's on what is the future of ESG? Well, I believe that the next step for ESG is just to be integrated as a, as a, a usual topic within businesses strategies within the economy in general. Right now, if we uh, look at companies, they are creating ESG committees, ESG uh, uh, commissions, discussions, panels. But the next step is ESG is part of the business. ESG is part of the investment. So it needs to become routine. Uh, well, there were several discussions in the beginning of the pandemic here in Brazil, at least. You know, ESG is just fashion, we are talking about these, but it will die in some months and then we'll have other news. No, in my opinion, it is here because we have realized that social and environmental variables are of the essence to ensure that businesses will survive. And it just needs to be incorporated. So in my opinion, the future is it's going to be, it's, it will become routine for businesses and for ESG investment also.